We are on Ksubis, the very bottom of Chav Zayin Amir Aleph, 27.85 in the article Gemara. We have a little bit more left to do in the Gemara with the continuation of the last class. Um, essentially, we were discussing what happens. We are discussing a case in the Mishnah of a city which is under siege. And the Mishnah says that all the women in the city, um, we have to... Uh, be concerned that they were raped and therefore all of them are not allowed to stay married to their husband who is a Kohen or they cannot get married to a Kohen um, and that is what it said in the Mishnah. The Gemara says brings down a few uh, questions and concerns and says well wait a minute what happens if maybe we should assume all these women have a cheskos kashros there that the status quo is that they're able to marry a, a Kohen before this event took place. Uh, so why can't we be Tola? Why can't we assume that maybe uh, each individual uh, person ran away? They, they left the city. So the Gemara explains, no, there's, a, there's an alarm system put in place. They're not able to leave the city. Well, what? Maybe they can find a hiding spot. Um, and so if there is a hiding spot, so then potentially we, we would assume that each one, again, potentially, that each one was in that particular hiding spot, and so therefore they could stay married to the Kohen. So that is what the Gemara suggested. The Gemara now asks the following question. By Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi says, What happens if there's a particular woman who comes to court and says, you should know, I did not hide, I was not in this hiding spot, I did not hide, but at the same time, nothing happened to me, I wasn't raped either, nothing happened to me. So what happens in such a case? What, what's the question? Me, I'm going to do we say, moving on to Chavazayin and Mabez, 27B1 of the Arsuka Gemara, Mali Lishakir. This is essentially the concept of Amigu that we've been having uh, many times that she could have just uh, not said anything or, or, or maybe if she had to say something, she could have said that she was in the hiding spot. She, why did she say that she was not in the hiding spot but also nothing happened? Must be that she's telling the truth. Uh, she could have just said, she could have just told us that she was in the hiding spot. Maybe in this case, we don't apply the argument of being in the hiding spot. Uh, that is the question. Now, why would we say that we wouldn't apply the principle of Migu in this case? That we wouldn't apply the principle that um, she is in uh, the hiding spot. So, there are different explanations that are given. Uh, but let's say one explanation is that it requires, if there's, let's say there's only room for one person. So if she makes the claim and says, I was that one person, so then we believe her. She says, I was that one person who was in the hiding spot, we'll believe her. But if she doesn't make that claim, for us to say that she could have made that claim, well, no, maybe she would not have made that claim. For her to lie and say she was in the hiding spot, that's, you know, that takes a certain level of audacity. That's, uh, uh, that's referred to as ha'aza. Uh, for her to say, I was the one, nobody else was, I was the one in that hiding spot. Maybe it's not really Amigu. Maybe she doesn't really have an alternative of what to say to make such a claim. Might not be such a claim that she would want to make. It's true, she would be believed. But would she make such a claim to say she was the one of all the people in the town, she was the one in that hiding spot, and for her to lie about it, uh, maybe uh, that wouldn't be, uh, she wouldn't have the ability to do that. She wouldn't have uh, the audacity to, to, to make such a claim. So maybe there's no Migu here. Anyways, that's the that's the question of the Gemara. So the Gemara, the Gemara to answer this question really discusses some other issue. The Gemara says, well, 
what's going on here? Let's say we would actually believe her to say that she was not, uh, she, that she was not hiding, but at the same time, uh, she wasn't raped. Well, uh, do we view this as like so obvious that if she wasn't hiding, so then we have a very, very serious concern or not? So the Gemara says, why, how is this any different? We have the following story with a certain person. He rented out a donkey to his, to his friend. And when he rented it out, he said as follows, he gave him a certain stipulation. He says, Don't go on the road by the Pekod River because there's water there and it could kill the donkey. It could sweep the donkey away. Don't go to a different road where there's no water. You cannot go in the, in the road where there's water there. So take, for example, this is talking about a road where it's obvious, it's clear, there's always water there. There's always a river there. It's the Niagara Falls, whatever it is, there's always, there's always water there. What happens? The person who's, who's renting out the donkey, uh, the, he didn't listen. He went down the Pakod River, he went to the Niagara Falls, and the donkey, donkey died. Also, he comes to Rava, he comes to court to Rava, and he says, it's true. I didn't listen to the rules. I went to the road where there is the where there's the Pakod River. However, you should know the donkey died, but there was no water there. There was absolutely no water there. He told me not to go there because there was water. There was no water there. So Amar Rava, Rava says, wait a minute. Rava says, you know what? He has a migu. He could be believed. Why? He could have just told us that he went down the path, the correct path that he was told to go on where there's no water. The donkey died. It's not his fault. The donkey died of natural causes. It's not his fault. So the fact that he told us that he didn't listen to the rules and he went down to the area where there is water or where there's supposed to be water, there was assumed to be water, so then we'll believe him when he says there was actually no water there and the donkey really died of natural causes. We should believe him. That's what Rava says. However, comes along Abaye, but Amarle Abaye, Abaye says, No, well, we can't say we can't say that we're going to completely believe him. What does he say? He went down the path, let's say, of the Niagara Falls. So we should also believe him to say there's no water there. It is obvious as day that there's water there. It is 100% clear. It's impossible that there's no water there. Everybody knows that there's water there. So okay, we'll accept his his testimony to say that he went down that path. But to, to, for us to accept the fact that there's no water there? No! That goes against what he refers to as Adam. It's like witnesses telling us that there's water there. We know. It's clear as day that there's water there. So the Gemara wants to know, same thing in our case. She's telling us she didn't go into hiding. Fine, she didn't go into hiding. We'll believe her that she didn't go into hiding. But for us to believe her to say that nothing happened to her, we have a high level of concern that something happened. So we should be very, very much concerned. Even if she tells us that nothing happened. That's what the Gemara asks. The Gemara answers, no! There's a big difference between the two cases. Essentially, in the case of the water, it's it, it's it's 100% certain that there's water there. There's always water there. Every day there's water there. Yesterday there's water. Tomorrow there's water. Today there's also water. Every day there's water there. But over here... Even if she didn't go into hiding, is it so clear that she was raped? No. God forbid, no. It's, it's, it's a concern. It's a suspicion that she was raped. We have to be concerned for that. And, and so therefore, since it's just because we're concerned, so then we will apply the principle of Migu. It's not, it's not like her claim is going against uh, something which is obvious. No. There's a chance. We're concerned. 
But if she could have just said that she went into that hiding spot, she would have been believed. So let us believe her now when she said that she didn't go into the hiding spot, but at the same time, she was not raped. There's a big difference between these two cases. Okay, that really concludes uh, that section of the Gemara. The Gemara now uh, focuses on a new topic, and the Gemara quotes from the Mishnah. The Mishnah also said that who is believed and who is not believed to say that uh, nothing happened to her, that she wasn't raped. So the Gemara gives a whole list of people. It says that if we have witnesses, whether it's a slave, uh, we believe them. Even though they're disqualified in general, we believe them. However, we do not believe. Who do we not believe? We don't believe her herself. The, the woman who's taken into captivity, we don't believe her. We'll also see that we don't believe her husband. Let's say her husband was there uh, to say that uh, nothing happened to her. Those people are we do not believe. However, we do believe her servant, uh, her slave or, or her servant. So the Gemara asks, wait a minute. Is this really true? We will, be, we will believe even her own, uh, her own servant, her own slave. We're going to believe, we're going to believe her own slave, but we're going to prove to you from elsewhere that a slave is really, is really not so, not as trustworthy. Uh, we really cannot necessarily believe the slave. The slave is really just viewed as her also. What's the context there? The, the context there to point out is not really talking about testimony and, and, Testifying, it's really something else. Urminu, we have the following Mishnah, which says as follows: What happens if we have the following case? A husband, let's say, gives a divorce document to his wife and makes it on a certain condition. This is one way of understanding it. Makes it on a certain condition that if I, he's on his deathbed, gives a divorce document, doesn't want to leave her as a widow. Let's say she he wants her to be divorced. Let's say to get out of Yibam, whatever the, whatever the situation is, and says that this is your divorce document on the condition that I die. Retroactively, it'll be like we're divorced from the day that I give it to you, but on the condition that I die. Let's say that's the case. So the law is, is that the husband and wife can no longer have Yichud. They cannot be secluded with each other in their own home. They're not allowed to be secluded with each other. Why not? Uh, the reason why is because let's say that seclusion ultimately leads to having sexual relations. It's possible that it could lead to a situation where she'll have a child, and then she's really divorced, but uh, people are going to see the date on the divorce document, and it's going to be before she actually um, had a child. It's before the nine months. Uh, and so people are going to start spreading rumors that she uh, she engaged in sexual activity after she was divorced, not with her husband. Um, and so that is, that is, a, that is a concern that we're, we're afraid that people will have. Um, they're not going to realize that it was really based on a certain condition which took place later. Um, so uh, this is going to be a serious concern that this people will think that this happened after the divorce. So as a result of that, we say that they cannot be secluded. They cannot be secluded in their own home. There's always have to be other people there to make sure that uh, they do not have sexual relations during this time period from the giving of the divorce document till he actually passes away, till the, the fulfillment of it, which happens retroactively. Uh, so the Gemara says, the Mishnah says as follows, uh, you need to have witnesses. Who could the witnesses be? Who could we have there? It could even be a slave. One of their slaves. It could even be one of their slaves. Sorry, it could even be any slave. However, this is the main point. It cannot be her slave. It cannot be her slave. Why can't it be her slave? Because her slave is like her. They're so relaxed together. They're so, it's not, uh, it's not going to create any prevention. It won't, the fact that she's there won't prevent uh, the couple from engaging in sexual relations. It's like she's always there. She's always with them. She's the same as her. 
So the Gemara basically asks, why is it that in our Mishnah we say that her slave is allowed to testify with regards to whether or not she was raped when there was uh, this seizure, she was taken into captivity. But we see from this Mishnah, which says that we sort of equate the two of them. We equate the master, her, to her slave uh, because her slave was not even able, they're, they're, they're always together and so therefore they're not, there's no concern with regards to preventing uh, sexual relations in front of her. It's not, it, it's like they're, they're one and the same. So do we believe do we believe her slave? Do we, do we not believe her slave? What's the law? So we say we will have three answers. Three answers will be given. And that's really the rest of the Gemara. The Gemara will explain these three answers. They'll ask a certain question. Uh, but that's really the rest of the Gemara. So Amr Papi, answer number one, is Rapapi says, you know what? Really? In general, we, we should not trust the slave. But Bishvuya Hikilu, in this case, when it comes to women who are taken into captivity, we've mentioned this before, this is a certain stringency that we put on these women to say, anytime you're taken into captivity or there's a siege, automatically you cannot marry a Kohen out of this concern, this heightened concern that uh, she was raped. So because of that, to sort of counteract that, we said if there's any way for us to be lenient, we'll try to be lenient. So this is one of the ways we'll trust her slave. We'll be lenient to trust her slave. That's answer number one. Answer number two, Rav Papa, Amar Papa says, No, It depends... Uh, whom to whom the slave is working for is is it a slave for the wife or is it a slave for the husband if it's a slave for the wife the slave is not trusted anytime in all circumstances slave for the wife it's like they're one and the same they're always together uh, we don't trust her but if it's a slave for the husband so then we will we will believe the slave for the husband they can have yichud the slave for the husband uh, could testify about uh, if anything happened to her master's wife, uh, whether or not she was raped, that, that we accept. If it's the slave of the husband, if it's the slave of the wife, it's like they're one and the same, not believed to testify that she wasn't raped, and also cannot um, be in the room to be uh, to prevent uh, any any sexual relations from occurring. So the Gemara asks a question on this answer, the second answer of Papa. Uh, so I understand, the Mishnah says that a person cannot testify on his own behalf, the implication is anybody else could. The Gemara basically says, when the Mishnah says that a person can't testify by themselves, it doesn't mean to exclude her slave. Her slave is just like herself. Just like she cannot testify about herself, her slave also cannot testify about the master. They're like one and the same. They're, they're, they're working together. The two of them are the same. That is answer number two. Answer number one is that we'll be lenient in the case of captivity. Answer number two is that it depends... To whom they're working for. If it's for her, so then they're one and the same. If it's for the husband, so then she could, in fact, testify. Answer number three. That really, we're dealing with her slave. The entire time we're dealing with her slave. What's the difference between these two cases? The general principle is that when it comes to a slave and speaking up, about her master is that she's very hesitant to. It's a, a certain dynamic, a certain type of relationship where she, her, her status quo, her go-to is just to keep quiet. She will not talk about what happens to her, to her master. And so therefore it follows. Hasam deshtikasa matirasa lo mehemna. Hacha deshtikasa osarta mehemna. So, 
when they are secluded, the husband and wife are secluded, when they're not allowed to be secluded because the husband already gave the divorce document to his wife. And so then we're concerned. Why? Because the servant, the slave, will keep quiet. The slave will keep quiet. So it's it's uh, they're so close with each other that we're concerned that maybe they engage in sexual activity even in front of her. And she'll just keep quiet. However, in our case, if she were to keep quiet, so then um, her master will be forbidden to her husband because she keeps quiet. There's this concern. There was this siege. She was taken into captivity. So now we have to be concerned that uh, she was actually raped and she can't stay married to her husband who's a Kohen. And so therefore, if she speaks up in this case, if the, if the slave speaks up, which is not normal for them to do, so then we will believe that slave. We will in fact believe that slave. So the Gemara asks, wait a minute, Hashanami, Asya But if they're really so close, maybe she's lying. Maybe she's lying, just like we don't trust her herself. The woman who's taken into captivity, so maybe we should also not trust her slave because they're so close. So the Gemara answers as follows. We're now on 27b3 in the article of Gemara. In the first column, the Gemara answers as follows. The Gemara says, no. Tarti lo avda. No. Because it's so uncommon for her to speak up to begin with. For her to speak up, but also to lie, that she won't do. She'll speak up, but to also lie, she won't do that. She won't lie and speak up. That she won't do. How do we know this? What's similar to this? So the Gemara is going to quote a similar scenario where somebody's not willing to speak up. What's the case where a person is not willing to testify? If they're testifying against the mafia. If it's against somebody who's so strong. And they're too scared to testify. So we'll see in that case, they'll be too scared to testify. But if they do testify, then to do both. To speak up, but also to lie that they won't do. So so too in our case. It's possible that she'll speak up. But for us to be concerned that she'll speak up, which is not normal for her to do with regards to her master. But to also lie... That she won't do. So what's that case of, of the mafia? Uh, there's a following story where Amalei, the brother, uh, the, the brother uh, of Mari Bar Yitzhak, who came from a certain place, he said to him, uh, so there, there's a certain story about uh, dividing up dividing up their, their father's uh, possessions. Basically, the father had certain children in one place. One of those children then ended up going to a different place. Um, the, with the father, they lived in a different place for many, many years. The 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 brother now comes back and he says, "I'm your brother. Your, our father died. I'm your brother. Let's split the Yerusha. Let's split the estate." He says, "I don't recognize you." So they went in front of Ravchista, and Ravchista said to him, "Yeah, they they they're right. We have to be concerned that they don't, that you're not really not the brother. They don't really recognize you." How do we know this? Because by Yosef, by Joseph and the brothers. That uh, a brother can leave for many years and the brothers don't recognize him. So Amar Leir of said, Bring witnesses that, that you're his brother. So Amar Leir, he says, wait a minute. I have witnesses, but my brother, you know who my brother is? My brother is Mari. They're afraid of Mari. Mari's part of the, you know, he's part of the mafia. He's very scared. People will be very scared to testify that I'm the brother because then I'm going to get half the estate. The guy of Lama is a very powerful man who, he's a very powerful person. So Amar Leili Didei, so now Rechisa goes to Mari. So he says, switches things off and he says, Now you have to prove that the other guy is not your brother. 
So he says, what do you mean? I have to prove that he's not my brother? Is that the law? He wants money from me? He has to bring the proof. There's a general principle. If he wants to take money away from me, this is what Murray says, the head of the mafia. This is what he says, if he wants, he has to bring the proof. I don't have to bring proof that he's not my brother. He has to bring proof that he is my brother because he's the one who wants to take money away from me. So Amr Rav Chista says to him, no. This is our ruling against you because everyone is too scared to testify against you. So in this case specifically, we have to, we have to flip it and you have to bring witnesses. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. <laughs> He's going to bring witnesses? He's the head of the mafia. Of course he can bring witnesses. People will, will lie. So the Gemara says, Hashanami, Asim Mishakri. People will come and lie for him. People in general don't want to testify. They want to discuss anything that Mari is doing. They don't want to get involved. But if they're getting involved, maybe we have to be concerned that they're also lying. And they're going to say that he's not the brother because they're just, uh, they're afraid of Mari. So the Gemara says, Tarti Loavdi. No. Uh, because they won't do both. People won't do both. Number one, people don't want to get involved with Murray. Nobody wants to get involved with Murray. Number two, even if they are getting involved, they're not, they're not going to go ahead and lie. So, so too in our case. In our case as well, um, this uh, slave, with regards to her master, she doesn't want to speak up. If she does speak, so, if she does speak up, she's not going to lie. In the end of the day, she's not going to lie. In the end of the day, we have three explanations. I apologize, we're going above 20 minutes just to get to the Mishnah. We'll do a few more minutes. Um, but... Uh, we have three different answers, essentially, as to whether or not we believe the uh, slave of this woman who's taken into captivity. The three answers we have. One answer is that, yes, we believe her because um, she is a shivuya. She's uh, a case of captivity where we'll be more lenient. Answer number three, just to skip to answer number three, Ravashi says we'll also believe her because, in general, she doesn't speak up. Here that she speaks up, we'll believe her and she won't be lying. Only her papa, the middle position, says that we don't believe her. If it's her slave, we don't believe her. If it's his slave, the husband's slave, we would believe the husband's slave, but we don't believe her slave. So the right now says, maybe this whole concept, whether we believe the slave is really a argument, two different opinions that's found in two different Bryce's. Bryce's are notes from the times of the Mishnah. Maybe we have two different Bryce's in support of both opinions. Because we have the following two Bryce's. First Bryce says, Zu edus. When it comes to testifying about a woman who's taken into captivity that she wasn't raped, who's believed? Um, a man or woman, a child, it could even be children, it could even be parents and brother and sister, but not her son or daughter, not her slave. It can't be her slave. So in that price we see her slave is not believed. However, there's another price. Everybody's believed except for the woman who's taken into captivity and her husband. Implication is that the slave is also believed. So we have one price which says that the slave is not believed. The other price implies that the slave is believed. So we should say that this is an argument. This is an argument between two different prices. So the Gemara says, According to answer number one and answer number three, where they both say that her slave is not believed, sorry, is believed. So then, yeah, it sounds like we have two different opinions whether or not, uh, one Bryce says that she, the slave is believed, another Bryce seems pretty clear to say that her slave is not believed. So it ends up being, according to answer number one and answer number three, it really is a dispute between two different Bryce's. But they're a papa. But answer number two, which said that we in fact don't believe the servant the slave, her slave, we believe his slave, the husband's slave, but not her slave. So, is this really going to be an argument 
of the time because he really holds of the first brisa. The first brisa said that we don't believe her slave. So that's the position of a papa. We don't believe her slave. According to the other opinions, we do believe her slave. So they're forced into saying that this is really an argument amongst the Tanaim, amongst the different prices. But according to her papa, her papa says we in fact don't believe her. So that supports the first price. So I'm her papa, yeah. Kitanya hahi. The first price says my position that her slave is not believed. Only his slave is believed. The second price, which says that we believe her slave, what's that talking about? When do we believe her slave? That's when she's just ga- engaging in regular conversation. This is something, an idea that we've had in the past. If she's just speaking casually, not in the context of testifying, so then, ah, oh, she's just talking normally in conversation with somebody else, that will pick up on and will believe her. Basically, we have the following story. There's a certain story where a person said that my mother and I were taken captive. And he's just talking and engaging in conversation. When I drew out water, I was always looking to see what was happening with my mother. When I went to go gather wood, I was focused on my mother. I was always watching to see what happened to my mother. And we see a Rebbe, Piv. So Rebbe allowed the mother to marry a Kohen. Why? He's just engaging in conversation. This is not in the context of testimony. So then, we will in, fa- in fact believe the rest of the family, will even believe uh, the, the, the slave. The second person says, who won't we, we won't believe her herself. Even if she's engaging in regular conversation, uh, we won't believe her herself, but everybody else will believe, even the uh, even her slave. So just to conclude, uh, we had three different opinions. Uh, the first and the last opinion said that uh, her slave is in fact believed. Uh, what do you do with that other brisa? It must be that this is a dispute amongst uh, brises. According to the second opinion, her slave is in fact not believed, uh, but when the brisa says that her slave is believed or implies that her slave is, is believed, that just means that it's when she's just engaging in regular conversation. So... It's not in the context of testimony, so then that's more of a reason to believe her because she just happens to be talking about it and we overhear her, so then we will believe her, just like with regards to her kids. Uh, we'll believe her. So then only in that case, according to the second opinion, will we believe her slave. So that's the end of the Gemara. That's really the end of the, the whole daf, and we'll continue with the next daf and the next Mishnah in the next week's recording.